God is good. All the time. All right. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15. We're continuing our series on clues because we need to find clues on how to live our lives in the image and the aspiration of God. We need to find clues that will help us navigate a course that leads us back into a place that we find favor with God. We need to find clues to help us be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ that others may hear, see, and know God is Savior, Lord, and Redeemer. John 15, chapter 1, I mean, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, reads this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that will, it will even more, it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Say that with me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. I must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, and if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do what? You can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We pray this morning that you will open our hearts and our minds to receive your truth. We pray this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. One of the things that uh, is a big move today is not religion. It's not uh, the church. It's not being disciples of Christ or Muslims or Hindus or anything else. It's about being spiritual. Barna, which does a lot of research in the church world, did some research, well, they do it every year, but studies have shown that, uh, that people have been declining in the uh, effect of church attendance but spirituality has remained high. In other words, they consider themselves spiritual even though they may or may not attend church. And by the way, even the churchgoers now, the people that uh, say that church is very important to them, it used to be uh, you would go every Sunday, right? 
I mean, I was raised where you went every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, and if we had revival, sometimes every night. Uh, And sometimes that would last two or three weeks. It's according if there was a good revival or not. Now, it came out not too long ago that it went from three, from every Sunday to three Sundays a month that you were a regular attender. And it went to two Sundays a month. You were considered faithful or a regular attender. You know what it's down to now? One Sunday a month. If you go one Sunday a month, you're considered a regular attender or a faithful person. Okay, let me clarify one thing. If you go once a month to church, you are not a regular attender. I just want to make that proclamation. You may consider yourself one. The studies may consider yourself one because that's the trend. In other words, the normalcy of attendance. But that does not make you one. Hello? Okay. Now, do you have to be here every time the doors open? Yes. (laughs) No, but you have to. You need to come to church more than once a week. Matter of fact, Scripture says, forsake not. That's one of his commands. And by the way, God said, if you love me, you will keep my what? Commands. Forsake not the assembly together of the saints. It's not a Ten Commandment, but it's one of the instructions that we receive from God. Why is that? Because we need the ecclesia. We need the assembly. We need each other. That's why it's so important for us to link arms and partner together. That's why it's so important for us to study the Word of God together. It helps us apply, glean, and store up, and give out. This is what the ecclesia does, and it can only happen in the assembly. Forsake it not. I'm just, I wasn't even part of the sermon. I don't even know what got into that. We need to forsake not the assembly because it's important. Everybody say it's important. Spirituality, though, is at a high peak. Everybody seems to be spiritual. But the fact of the matter is, all they're acknowledging is that we are spiritual beings. Well, how many of you know that we're spiritual beings? Okay, it's like the government that spent a lot of money to determine that men and women are different. Okay, we're, I don't know the still, but the study came out and said there is differences, okay, that we are different. There are differences. We are spiritual beings, but yet people are seeking self-spirituality. This started back in the 60s, 70s, where we had Woodstock and people, the love movement and all this kind of stuff where they were experimenting with drugs and they were exploring their spirituality and they were trying, this is the famous word or quote, maybe y'all recognize it, they were trying to find. Everybody's trying to find themselves. All I have to do is turn on a light. (laughs) There I am, oops, there it is, you know. Type thing, but everybody's trying to discover themselves and they call it spirituality. They're discovering the spiritual aspects. They do it through different means of meditation, isolation, separation, quietness, uh, meditating, emptying themselves, all kinds of different things to discover who they are. But the fact of the matter is. Spirituality, if you'll look it up, spirituality actually means a journey toward discovering or reuniting back to the image of God in which we're created. 
That's what spirituality is. It's a journey back to discover the very image of God. And yet we're trying to discover everything else in our spirituality. We're trying to discover who we are or what we can be. We're trying to discover all these things and it's a clue that tells us, if you don't know who you are, it's a clue that tells you God does. It's a clue to tell you that your discovery may not be in discovering who you are, but maybe discovering who God is. And when you discover who God is, you may discover who you are. Scripture is very plain in the fact that several places throughout Scripture, it talks about we are God's children. And if you want to know anything about anything that was created, go to the one who created it. They know every jot and tittle. They know every design, flaw, or plus. They know everything about their creation. And we are all created in the image of God. God. So if we're trying to find a self, that's a good clue for us that we need to discover and seek out God. We need to seek the Lord. Spirituality has four different places or things that I want to pull out, actually three, that I want to talk a little bit about this morning. Spirituality manifests itself in relationships, it manifests itself in values, and it manifests itself in life purposes. And by the way, people who discover their spirituality, they discover their spiritual beliefs, they discover what they are and who they are, by survey, are much happier, fulfilled people. Hmm. Relationships. Spirituality, spirituality defines our relationships because it's the very spirit that sets the tone of how that relationship is going to be conducted. If I come to you in a spirit of aggression, that is going to set the tone for what our relationship is going to be. If I come and set the tone of spirituality, the spirit of our relationship in humbleness and meekness, that will set the tone about how that relationship is going to play out. So many times we want to dictate at the beginning of a relationship what that tone is. And the question is, is it dictated by a God origin or a self-controlled or self-desired origin? And not all relationships should have the same spirituality set toward them. For example, my relationship with my wife has a different spiritual tone than my relationship with my children. My wife, I protect, I serve, and I honor and cherish and love till death do us part. My children, they came into this world and I can take them out if they don't act right. It's a different spirituality. It's a different tone. Okay? I have a relationship with peers, with friends. They have a different tone than I do with my grandparents, my extended parents and people like that. My relationship with close friends are maybe different from people that are acquaintances, people that I just know. has a different spiritual tone. But we must be aware that the spirituality in which we address people comes from the origin of how we place our values. Again, that's, that's one of the topics. Spirituality will always determine the value in which you approach your relationships. For example, if I value 
Christendom, if I value the teachings of Christ, I'm going to value his approach to how he came to people and how he had relationship with people. For example, the woman at the well, do you remember that? The woman at the well. Was there a bigger sinner than the world than the woman at the well? I mean, admittedly, she was, had been with five guys and you know, was kind of sleeping around and was outcast from the, the, the town, had to go out by herself, so to speak, because she was shunned and all kinds of different things. But how did Jesus address her? What was his initial tone? He first said, he said, would you give me a drink? Would you draw some water? It was a question. He asked her, would he do what she said? She didn't, he didn't tell her. He, he asked her, would you give me a drink? And they began a conversation. And as they began this conversation, she realized in this conversation that he was not there to condemn her, even though he was the only one she had ever come in contact that had the authority to condemn her. But he chose not to. He didn't. His core value was to love. His core value was to restore. His core value was to encourage. His core value was to try to help transformation come into her life. Look at the relationship with Nicodemus. Nicodemus came a learned man. He came to Jesus. And Jesus, he was talking to him and he says, Teacher, you teach all these things. What? Must we do to inherit the kingdom of God? He says, you must be born again. And he goes, what? What are you talking about? You mean I have to crawl back in my mother's womb and be born again? And of course, Jesus knew he was talking ridiculous and he knew he was talking ridiculous. He said, no, no, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. You know the teachings of scripture. You know there's a water baptism. You know there's a, a process. And I'm telling you here, that you must be born of this earth, but you also must be born of the Spirit. Say the Spirit. Spirit. You must be born of the Spirit. The Spirit. See, our Spirit will lead us down a road that we don't want to go because our Spirit is selfish. Our Spirit is, is, is greedful and prideful. Our Spirit is one of selfless, selfishness. It's not selflessness. But God's Spirit is one of humbleness. Kindness, love, authority. But humbleness, understand, is not being a coward. Humbleness is having power under control. And we have all power through Jesus Christ. But humility is controlling that and placing it under submissive will of Jesus and of God himself. What's your values? If we do like the world and we follow the broken road signs that the world is trying to carry us down, that is that we need to empty ourselves of everything of the world and discover who you really are. I'm gonna tell you, if I empty myself, I did it one time, and what I found was a bunch of trash. I found that I was a very prideful person. I was an arrogant person. I was an ambitious person. I was a person that didn't care for others. I was a person that didn't like to be around people that loved me. I was a very angry person. I was a person that was broken. I was a person that was resentful. I was a person that lacked compassion. I was a person that struggled with many issues. And when I emptied myself, I realized that I had nothing but everything I wanted to get rid of. Listen, 
The world tells you to empty yourself so you can be free of all the world's entanglements and, and, and all these kind of stuff. It's, it's a lie because when you empty yourselves, you will discover, and if you apply what you find in your emptiness, you will discover you are nothing more than the fallen flesh that we are. Sinful, separated from God. No, no, we need to be seeking to fill ourselves, not to empty ourselves. The cue to God is, it says, be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Because spirituality is not about emptying yourself. Spirituality is about receiving the Spirit of the living God inside of you. That he can overcome the wiles of the, the, the world. That he can overcome the things that we find decadent and destructive in our life. These are the things that God calls us to and for. The question is, is this the spirituality that you live for? Or is this just a facade that you put on? See, the spirit of God is not intellectual even though we can intellectually talk about it. Matter of fact, Paul says when he went to the Bereans, he says, let's reason together the scripture and let's reason to discover that Jesus was the Messiah. Reasoning and intellect and academia is all important, but it's not the secret to the key of heaven. Service is a good thing. But it's not what Jesus it doesn't unlock the things that are powerful and revealing and life transforming to us in life. Matter of fact, there are a lot of good people that serve every day that's going to split hell wide open because they don't know Jesus. The thing that transforms your life is being filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is what moves. The Spirit of God is what transforms. The Spirit of God is what went across the body of a void, vacant land and let there be water, and there was water. They said, let there be skies, and there were skies. Let there be earth, and there was earth. And let there be man, and there was man. You see, when God himself breathed into the nostrils of man, he breathed the breath of life, the spirit of God that entered the man. And what we need to seek is that filling of God through his spirit again. The Spirit is what stirs the soul. The Spirit is what moves you and makes you whole. The Spirit is what makes us understand that we have a greater calling. The Spirit of God is what helps us to achieve. The Spirit of God who motivates us and sets us free. It's the Spirit of God that we desire. It's the Spirit of God that we seek. It's the Spirit of God that the woman at the well knew she had to have because if she got that, she would never thirst again. It's the Spirit of God. And yet the world wants to send us down that road that leads us to destruction or to nowhere. It says that we need to empty ourselves of spirit and we need to discover who we are. No, I'll tell you who you are. You're a lost soul apart from Jesus Christ. I'll tell you who you are. You're in need I don't care how 
rich you are. I don't care how accomplished you are. I don't care how prophetic you are. I don't care how gifted you are in areas. You are fallen and separated from God. You need the Spirit of God, just like me, just like Jerry, just like Jan, just like Philip, just like everyone in this room. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit to enable. We need the Spirit to move. We need the Spirit to breathe life into us. We need the Spirit to bring hope. We need the spirit to transform that when we walk out these doors we're not the same people that came inside these doors not because of an orator not because of a song that was sung not because of, of a great rendition of a poem or a prayer it's because the spirit of God moved on the hearts of people and it was ordained of God designed by God breathed by God to transform people for God Amen. and that's what it's about that's what it's about I didn't feel like preaching this morning. I really didn't. But it's the Spirit of God that helps us do things we weren't really feeling like doing. You see, we're broken in our society when it comes to spirituality. We're broken. We're forsaking church and we're seeking our own emptiness. And when you find and empty yourself, you know what you're going to discover? You're empty. You're empty. Fill yourself with God's glory. There's an old song I used to sing when I was a kid. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that were not of my own. But then the hand of Jesus touched me. He said, come to this well You'll never thirst again. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. And that is so true. That is so true. We, we need the filling of the Spirit of God, not the fake emptying to find the spirituality of who we are. Don't be fooled, but be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and everyone said, Amen. Thanks for watching. We would love for you to connect with us online. On our website, you will find up-to-date information about everything happening around here. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please, download our free app on your smartphone or tablet. We are so glad you're here today. We hope you feel at home, and we hope you enjoy your friendship experience.